Welcome to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. WellMed Radio will educate you about health and wellness for seniors and their families throughout Bear County and Central Texas. During the next hour, your hosts Ron Aaron and nurse practitioner Cora Zhuk will share information that will help you improve your health and wellness. And now, here's Ron Aaron and Cora Zhuk. Well, thank you very much and welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, nurse practitioner, Cora Juke, earned her degree at Texas Tech University, the Red Raiders. Yeah, guns up. And that good-looking coach. Oh, yeah, Coach uh, McDreamy. Mr. Cutie. Well, he just can't win a game, though. No, he can't, but <laughs> hey, you like looking at him on the sidelines, so whatever. True. Not to be sexist about this. <laughs> You're also working on your doctorate in nurse practitioning at mm-hmm. University of Texas at Houston. Yes, you almost said Austin. No, it's Houston. And how is this? Going well? It's going well. It's, it's going well. Almost it's a weekend first, program, right? Um, well, it's, it's, it's full-time, um, but I go um, every month for three days. So once a month for three days, I stay in Houston. We get full lecture. Everything else is online, and, and you have to stay on, tr- on track. It's right. not just go at your own pace. So every other week, I have three papers due. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keeping busy. It is. It's very busy, but it, between those times, I do have some downtime. So I've kind of got my routine down, and, okay. and I'm doing well. Yeah. So who feeds the chickens when you're out of town? Um, well, the kids and my husband. Yeah, everybody everybody pitches in. I like that. Everybody pitches in. It's a team effort. Now, if you've just joined us, uh, and you may have been listening last week, we promised to deal with a topic that uh, those who struggle with it have a really tough time talking about insomnia. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's described definitionally as? Well, insomnia is the inability to fall asleep or stay asleep. And for for those of us, as we were growing up, we were always told eight hours of sleep is what you need. What is a misconception is that eight hours of sleep is what we need. Everybody is different. Everybody has different requirements. Everybody has a different load that they're carrying. Everybody has a different exercise tolerance or um, regimen that they complete. So there's a lot of seniors that complain about insomnia. In fact, if you could poll every single senior that walks into a WellMed clinic and you could give them four different diseases and ask them, you know, do you check if you have any one of these? I guarantee you if insomnia is one of the choices, 90% or better has insomnia. Really? Mm-hmm. Because patients believe when they come in, and I see this frequently, you know, seniors will come in and say, I just don't sleep well. I Or if I do fall asleep, it's at 2 o'clock in the morning. I sleep for about 30 minutes and I wake up and I'm staring at the television again. So I hear this consistently and they're always asking me, what can I take for sleep? Unfortunately... There's way too many drugs out there on the market. We see commercials for them. We have um, we have old prescriptions for medications, and then there's also some herbal supplements, and then there's some activity things that you can do as well. But the the one thing that I get asked for a lot is, tell me about this Ambien or Zolpidem. A friend of mine took it. It worked wonders. They said they woke up with the most restful sleep, and they felt revived and ready to conquer the day. Except they've driven to a park 100 miles away from yeah. San Antonio and didn't know how they got there. So I this was before I started practicing um, with WellMed. I had a gentleman, he was an attorney, and he said, look, I'm, I've got a lot of, a huge caseload. I've got a lot on my plate right now. I'm going through a divorce. I, I've got so much just piling up on top of me, and I, I'm just not able to sleep. He said, um, I, I'm, I'm grouchy all the time. I feel like I can't. I'm having panic attacks. I can't um, participate in, in, in court. I'm having a very difficult time, and I need to sleep. And so we went through a bunch of different things that he was doing or not doing, and I had made some recommendations to kind of build up, you know, from the melatonin and on up to the next, to the next levels. Well, it, the next time he followed up with me, I had this, um, and I had him following up frequently. I had a rep in my office, a drug rep who came in and said, oh, we've got this great new medicine. It's a spray form of Zolpidem. And so it works very quickly, crosses the, the brain barrier quickly, and patients can fall asleep rapidly. It's great, great medication. 
okay, okay, I'll try it. And they said, just make sure you pick, pick out the right patient and, and give them a sample. Okay. This is back when you could actually give samples of, of right. narcotics. Of course, you can't do that <laughs> yeah. anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> so this guy, when he re- returned, I said, I have got the perfect product for you. I've got Zolpidem, and um, it's in a spray form, and so it's very rapid acting. Um, I read all the side effects on it. I said, I, th- I think this will work for you. I said, have we ever tried it? We've never tried it before. Have, have you ever tried it from anybody else um, as far as Ambien? He says, no, I've heard about it. Um, no people who've taken it. Don't have an opinion either way. I'll take it. Okay. I gave it to him. He was supposed to follow up in uh, maybe a week. The next day, he walked into my office, and he demanded to see me. And so they squeezed him in, and he brought the bottle, and he slammed it down on the desk. And he said, do not ever give this to anybody else. And I said, what is it? What what, would happen? He said, here's what happened. He said, I took it. And I took it first thing, like you told me to. I took it after dinner. Um, It was about 6 o'clock, so I made sure that I would have plenty of time to sleep in case something happened or I overslept. He said, I took it about 6 o'clock. He said, the next thing that I remember, he says, I woke up at 3 o'clock this morning. I had showered. I had had I had put my full suit on like I was getting ready to go to court. Um, I had stopped at a drive through because I had um, food in my console. I had a receipt, he said, and I was at my office and typing something. He said that made absolutely no sense when I woke up. He said, but I woke up and I recognized what was going on. And he says, I don't know how I got there. I don't know. He goes, I didn't drink last night. I, I ate my regular dinner and I took it just like you told me to. And this is what happened. And he says, I don't want this stuff ever again. And I will tell you, that's the last time I ever prescribed Zolpidem, even in pill form. I never prescribed did it ever again. Did you tell the rep? I did. I told the rep. I gave her feedback and she went, huh. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Oh, I never heard that never one heard before. never heard that one before. You need to add that one. And, and we hear it all the time. I mean, there, there's been celebrities who have been recorded getting up and making food. They can't understand why they're gaining weight because they're making food in the middle of the night, you know, because of Ambien. They have no recollection of what happened. But this guy actually got in his car and he drove. And I think, how dangerous was that? So a bartender... And a bar can get shut down for serving alcohol when some they know somebody is intoxicated, correct? And that person goes out and they kill somebody or they get into a DWI. They can come back and get the bar. I started thinking about that. Could I have been liable for prescribing or giving a sample, even though it was under the right circumstances, he was actually the right target patient to hit? Could I have been responsible? And the answer is yes. I could have been responsible. If he wanted to, to, to pursue that, especially an attorney, he knew all the loopholes. Uh, if he wanted to pursue that, yes, they could have found me liable for negligence, even though it's a side effect. I had no idea. But yes, they could have they could have come back and gotten me. And what your insurance company would have done is brought in the manufacturer as well. Absolutely. And the rep, because Absolutely. she's the one who recommended it. Absolutely. But, but you're right. You could have been liable. How scary is that? And so I've never forgotten that. And anytime I ever hear about friends and family getting prescribed Ambien, I tell them the story and I say, look, I don't recommend that you ever take this medication. Maybe it won't affect you the same way, but it did this guy. And this guy was a healthy gentleman. It's, he had He had no breakdowns in the body that would have made you know one thing happen worse than another i said he did it i this happened and i'll never prescribe it ever again and i don't recommend I, it i know someone a, a woman who uh, would go into the kitchen after she'd taken ambient mm-hmm. middle of the night empty every cupboard mm. put all the dishes the glasses all the food on the kitchen counter and not remember she did it Isn't that horrible? go back to bed wake up in the morning, walk into the kitchen, thought maybe she'd been broken into. Yeah, and they just stacked everything neatly on the kitchen counter. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. How awful. You know, that, that's an awful feeling. And so I get seniors all the time, and, and every provider that I know has seniors out there that, that cannot sleep. And insomnia affects so many aspects of our life. Think about it. If you don't sleep well, what happens? You become anxious or nervous or cranky. You snap at people. You can dissolve relationships or endanger relationships. Well, I had talked with you, I guess, last week and before about after my knee replacement surgery, I was on hydrocodone, Mm -hmm. uh, and and it caused symptoms of what Mm -hmm. I would call insomnia. Mm -hmm. I would go to sleep, wake up in the middle of the night, and like Mm -hmm. that woman uh, who said at 2 in the morning, your eyeballs are just in front of the TV. Mm -hmm. 
I could not go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And the reason that was so disconcerting is knock wood. There's a Yiddish term for what I'm about to do. It's called an achora, a curse upon yourself. Mm-hmm. I never have a problem going to sleep. Ever. Right. Ever. Right. And sleep, you know, all night, except when you got to go pee-pee, but you go right back to sleep. Right, right. Exactly. And, and with the hydrocodone, uh, it was the only thing I was taking. It had to be the trigger. I hated mm-hmm. the insomnia. Mm-hmm. Insomnia is a miserable feeling. When you look over and you have a partner in bed with you and, and they are sleeping soundly and you just wish you could go to sleep. And you so you know, wake them up. Right. You, but you know, you know you need to sleep. You you say, gosh, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to watch TV for a little bit. I'm going to read for a little bit. I'm going to try to put myself back to sleep and nothing's working. Right. So people get desperate. And they, and they will try anything, including the Ambien. And, and or, fortunately, that Ambien is not available in spray form that I, I've ever seen again. Some seniors will try the old standby Benadryl. Right. So Because Benadryl will make you sleepy. Yes, it will. And I, I'll tell you, I, I told you in the, in the conference room before we came in, I said, I told you how last year my daughter Avery had such horrible sinus issues, allergies, and we were going back between, you know, Allegra and Zyrtec and Claritin and nose sprays and this and that. And I told you, I said, I would only give her Benadryl if I got absolutely desperate. I know a lot of parents who will give their children Benadryl to get them to go to sleep. I have such an issue with that. Benadryl is the most drying medication. It does that for seniors. If you ever wake up from Benadryl the next morning and you feel like you're hungover, it's the Benadryl hangover. You're dry. Your mouth mouth is so dry. It's like cotton because it dries you out. It completely dries you out. And I think about with kids, it dries out their little brains. You know, they become little raisins. Um, and that's the worst thing you want to do for those for those beautiful sponge-like, you know, healthy brains. Right. You don't want to give them something that's going to dry them out. So I don't recommend the same for elderly. I mean, think about dementia and everything else that can, can come. Why would I want to put them in danger by making them feel hungover with a medication like Benadryl? So how do you convince them not to do it? Well, you know, I tell them to avoid things like the Tylenol PM um, or the Advil PM. I ask them, first of all, if you're hurting, then take an Advil or take a Tylenol, but avoid the PM because it has Benadryl in it. I don't care how they dress it up and what bow they put on it. It's still Benadryl. They, they call it by um, diphenhydramine, which is the, the generic name for it. I said, it is still Benadryl. Stay away from it. If it's pink, it's Benadryl. Stay away. So instead, what I do is I try to go with the most conservative therapies first. I, first, I tell them, look, it's okay that you don't get eight hours of sleep. It's okay. Tell me, though, let's talk about how it's affecting your life. Is this normal behavior for you? Do you get, you know, would you feel better with four hours or six hours of sleep? So I ask them these questions to figure out where they want to be. Now, if they tell me they want to be at eight hours of sleep, I tell them it's impossible. And let's figure out a different plan. So, So I always start off with recommending the most natural thing out there, which is a melatonin. Yeah, tell me about that, because you mentioned it in passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a natural hormone? So when we're born, we're actually born with this gland that secretes melatonin, okay? That's why babies sleep all the time, because they need to grow. Well, I need that gland. Well, no, you don't people need are, to grow anymore. You're just stunted. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, thank you. No, you know... The, so that gland over time, I guess evolutionary way that we're created, it shrinks, right? It shrinks and it no longer secretes the melatonin because basically our bodies are saying, look, you're done growing, you're 18, get on with your life, you'll sleep normally. But that's that's what happens. So it doesn't secrete the melatonin. So we can actually give ourselves oral mel- melatonin that will help to, to stimulate sleep. And what's nice is it's natural. Our body recognizes it as natural. And I tell patients, you can take up to 10 milligrams a night. So they come in like one milligram, three milligram, four milligram, five milligram. I tell them two of the fives equals 10. Take 10 milligrams a night and see how it makes you feel. You don't wake up groggy or dry or anything. You can buy it anywhere. You can buy it anywhere at any health food store. Um, it comes in capsule huh. or, or tablet form. Y- you choose. And yeah, you can take it once in the evening. Mm-hmm. And it's it completely works. safe. It is, and Not it for works. everybody. It doesn't work for everybody, but sometimes it's all in how you approach it. Of course, it also depends on what other medications they're on. 
Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm, so, every so are there problems with other medications? So, yeah, there are other medications like narcotics. If they're taking narcotics, well, that part of their brain is just not going to allow them the, the oh. sleep execution. So, unfortunately, you know, there's other problems there. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to come right back to this more on insomnia on WellMed Radio at <laughs> 930 AM. The Answer, Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, nurse practitioner, Cora Juke. WellMed isn't your ordinary medical group. In fact, nine out of 10 WellMed patients would recommend WellMed to friends and family. That's what WellMed patients in Texas and Florida said in a 2017 Press Ganey survey. Maybe we rate so highly because we have a better approach to health. WellMed doctors specialize in keeping people on Medicare healthy. We help you feel your best so you can live your best life. Maybe it's because we give you an entire medical team dedicated to looking out for you. Maybe it's the way we treat you with respect, spend extra time with you, or how we really listen. The Medicare annual enrollment period is October 15th to December 7th. Get the care you deserve. Pick a plan that opens the door to WellMed. Discover the WellMed difference at wellmedfindadoctor.com. That's wellmedfindadoctor.com. You're listening to WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Cora Juke, and we are talking with you about a problem that a whole lot of folks struggle with, uh, including seniors, and it's called insomnia. It, it, it is real, and it can truly disrupt your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with insomnia, I mentioned to you before we went on the air uh, that some people uh, suffer from sleep apnea. They they stop breathing. So so yeah, I think it's w- what's important to know though about the insomnia is is you got to find the root cause, right? Why are they not sleeping? Is it is it due to another disease? Is it due to sleep apnea? Um, is it due to their partner having sleep apnea? Which of course was my case. So you know if if you start to talk to your patients and and maybe the seniors that are listening can can agree with this or, or understand this. So I ask a lot of partners who come in, a lot of married couples or dating couples, do you sleep in the same bedroom together? And the reason why I ask that is I'm looking for underlying causes. I'm looking for the potential for insomnia. I'm looking for the potential for high blood pressure through sleep apnea. Um, I'm listen, looking to see if one's a light sleeper or one's a heavier sleeper. And I ask these questions not to find out about their sex life necessarily, but that's part of them as well. But to find out do you sleep together because of something? Now, a lot of these seniors do not sleep together is what I found. They have moved into separate bedrooms and they do it because they say their partner snores. And and I can tell you this from personal experience. So my my husband in in recent years his snoring has gotten worse now he's gained a little bit of weight but not significant um but he snores loud and it's it's gotten worse over the years so much so that i was getting up and going to the sofa and and sleeping and and while our sofa is very comfortable I like my bed, right? I have a sleep number bed. I love it. I want to be in it. So, yeah. so no sleep number sofa, right? No sleep number sofa. Um, so I would get up and go to the couch, and I, I was suffering from anxiety—not anxiety, insomnia—which was causing anxiety because I wasn't sleeping. I would get up and I was moving to the sofa. Then I'd get hot and I'd toss, and I'd, I could still hear him. Now you went through the. Poking him once or twice, oh, getting him awake, uh, turning yeah, him over. Yeah, I would kick him, and I tell him help. to roll over and, and everything. And finally, I just got so mad. I said, you cannot sleep in here anymore. I said, you have to get a sleep study. Um, you you need to go to the other bedroom. And, and so, you know, it's funny because when I'm out of town, I can tell that he's been back in the bed. Uh. <laughs> so for the last, you know, month, we have not been sleeping in the same bed because of the snoring. And so he finally got an appointment tomorrow for uh. a sleep study um, because... Because I said, look, something's not right. Snoring is not normal. Okay, it is not normal. What happens when you snore is is the tissue. A lot of times, if if you have a large neck circumference, if you're a male and you have this large neck, or if you look like you're a head sitting on shoulders, then you, chances are you have a pretty big neck girth, or you don't have the length of neck. So. Your, your trachea is kind of shortened there. And then you have a lot of excess skin when you lay on your back that kind of concaves down, you know, into the trachea and it's relaxed there. And so it 
blocks it off. And so that's the snoring is you're gasping for air. You're trying to force that air and it's making that noise of the snoring. So the sleep studies, you can get something called a CPAP, which is pressurized um, forced air to keep you from snoring. And it actually forces air into your body because if you're not getting oxygen, your blood pressure goes up, you're killing brain cells, you know, you're developing dementia and other things as well. CPAP is a device you wear and it must be a pretty common problem because I hear it advertised on uh, radio all the time and right. TV. Right, because you know people are finally starting to embrace their snoring. They're finally starting to admit, yes, I'm a snorer and, and I need to get it fixed because they're not feeling good. People don't feel good when their blood pressure is up because of sleep apnea. My grandfather, my grandfather, um, while he is still in denial about it, okay, so if you're listening, Grandpa, I'm telling you, you this is what's going on, you know, because he doesn't listen to me. Um, I'm not his provider, <laughs> even if I was, he still wouldn't listen to me. But a couple of years ago, he was having um, what he would consider spikes. He said there were spikes or episodes. And I said, well, what do you mean there were episodes? He said, I drove myself to the hospital. And I don't remember how I got here, but I knew I needed to come to the hospital. He said, I felt like I was having a stroke or I'd get these auras. I'd get this weird smell. I'd get this weird taste. And I thought it was a seizure. I thought it was a stroke. And so they worked him up and worked him up and they couldn't find anything. And this guy's a healthy individual. Come to find out, he snores. And I remember because my grandparents never slept in the same bedroom because he snored. They were at opposite ends of the house. He would wow. snore so loud. I mean, it would just shake the house. Maybe it's a secret to a long marriage. Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> so with the occasional conjugal visits every now and then. But exactly. <laughs> he would he would, he would, would snore so loudly. And I said, you know, I remember as a kid, you snore. Do you still snore? And grandmother says, oh, yes, he still snores. And I said, it could be sleep apnea. He said, oh, yeah, I had a sleep study a long time ago, and they, yeah, they told me I had something like that, and they gave me a CPAP, but I just don't sleep with my mouth hanging open. I, You know, it just doesn't work for me. It was uncomfortable. I said, well, what about the nasal pad that goes over the nose and forces air through your nose? Oh, no, I don't think I could keep it on. So he kept getting these things over and over, and finally when the doctor said, you know, I think this could be sleep apnea, he said, really? Are you kidding me? He never once told me until my grandmother came home and said, guess what? grandpa has sleep apnea I said no kidding he does <laughs> but it's everywhere and but so is he doing anything about it you know he finally is and he's not having these episodes if you would right but but yeah and so you can live a better life I know it sounds kind of strange to have something like a like either a surgical mask or an airplane mask you know feeling like a fire pilot claustrophobic with this mask over your face but they've really changed in recent years um, but Talk about the best sleep of your life. If you could really get great sleep and your partner gets really great sleep, then your relationship can be spared as well if you're having problems because of the sleep. And you're a heck of a lot less cranky. Absolutely. Absolutely. But going back, you know, to insomnia, it is one of those, it is one of those undertreated diseases that leads to a lot of other diseases, um, anxiety, depression, dizziness, um, claustrophobia, fear, fear of people. There's all sorts of different things. I mean, you feel like the walls are just caving in on you when you haven't had any sleep. Now, is that one of those, uh, as the patient walks out, uh, of the exam. Oh, by the way, I'm having trouble sleeping. No, usually with, especially with seniors, that's the first thing that they want to talk about. They, you know, oh, you cool. want to talk about their blood work and everything else. And, and as soon as you ask them, Hey, how are you doing? I can't sleep. I can't sleep. And, and so as providers, we really have to look at risks versus benefits when it comes to medications. Um, I always start with melatonin. I always start there. If and it's go, not expensive either. No, it's not. No, it's not. And Over it's, the counter. And it's natural. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, it's funny though, if you go to a nursing home, you know what they give patients to sleep? Benadryl. They give them Benadryl. No. Yes, they do. If you ever have, if you ever go into a nursing home, Benadryl will always be on the medicine list because if they need to sleep, that's what they will do. They will medicate them to go to sleep. And then we wonder why grandma or grandpa is getting dementia, why, why they're not acting right. Now, as the advocate for the patient, you could say no. No Benadryl. Benadryl. No Benadryl. But mm-hmm. you'd have to take that step proactively. You, you do. You do. You can ask to look at the medication list that, you're, that your family member, as long as you're on the HIPAA form, but, that your family member is taking. Because Benadryl's on the list of mm-hmm. drugs that should not be given to seniors. It is, a, it is a dangerous drug, along with Ambien, along with Sonata, along with a lot of these medications that... that you know, impact sleep. They do impact sleep, and patients love them because they do impact sleep. They let them sleep. 
but unfortunately they're dangerous. They're dangerous to those who are 65 and older. They're dangerous for those who are under 20, period. Oh, really? Oh, yes, absolutely. Under the age of 20, you should not be taking Benadryl. No, you sh- unless it's an emergency, unless you are having an allergic reaction, that's when you take Benadryl. And if you're going to take it, you take it in liquid form rather than a pill because it actually works faster that way. Well, liquid w- would work faster. Yes, it does. Right. Yes, it does. So, you know, I, I think about these dangerous drugs and I think about, okay, so what do we do for sleep? I have some tips on what we call sleep hygiene. And every patient that talks to me about sleep, I say, look, we need to go through your daily routine. We need to go through how your bed is set up. Because I do believe in feng shui as well. I do believe in, you know, there's lighting and there's different positions and places that your your furniture can be in um, to, to make, you know, the room feel better. Because your bedroom should be a sanctuary. That's the way I feel about it. Your bedroom should be a place of retreat and a place that when your eyes see your bed, that it immediately thinks of sleep. You get absolutely fatigued when you when you um, go to your bedroom. Now, in order to accomplish that, the number one thing that should never be in your bedroom is a television. You should never have a television in your bedroom. And I say that as a person with a television in their bedroom. We do too. So I have one. But where else are you going to watch the late night talk shows? Exactly. As you're getting ready to drift off to sleep, right. right? Right. And your brain is logging everything that you've seen. The the lights, that's why they always tell us to get off of our phones or to dim the screen because your your brain is looking at these bright lights of the screen. My iPhone has an automatic dimmer. I've mm-hmm. set it. Yes. So it dims at 8 and doesn't brighten until 6 a.m. Correct. And so that's good for your eyes. But... The technology that we use today, the televisions, everything else is not good for our brains. And someone mentioned blue light's not good either. There's a there's a there's been a bunch of studies on different types of lighting. The one that's the best is that amber color, that dim color, almost like a seventies um I think about like speed dating in the 70s. Everything's dim. You know, you're tired. <laughs> you know, you're exhausted at the end of the day. But that amber lighting reminds me of the 70s for some that's reason. That's funny. Um, but that's the type of light that actually helps us to go to sleep. But but really and truly, the, the, the television in the bedroom is the worst thing that you can do because your body associates. You lay in bed. I'm going to watch or be entertained. I'm going to watch television. And so I'm not going to go to sleep. sleep. The bed should be used for two things. And they're the two S's, sleep and sex. And that's it. You should not look at, you should not sit in your bed and do homework. You should not sit in your bed and read. You can go to the couch. And so I always tell patients when you're feeling insomnia coming on, maybe you've just woken up and you don't feel like you're going to be able to go back to bed. I said, get up and get out of the bed. Go out of the bedroom. Go to another room that smells completely different than your bedroom because everybody's bedroom smells a certain way. Uh, go and, and let your brain realize that you're not there to sleep. You know, you're, you're up and, and you're awake. Read a book, drink some more milk, avoid caffeine, those kind of things to stimulate sleep. Watch television in the living room, but do not watch it in the bedroom. You will have to pry that TV out of my cold, dead fingers <laughs> to but get it out of the bedroom. But you don't have a problem with, with insomnia. I do not. So that's a good thing. In that's fact, a good thing. I can fall sound asleep with the TV on. So there you go. Uh, do and my you wife ever, turns it off later. Do you ever dream about what's going on on the television? No. No? No. Okay. Okay. At least I don't think so. You don't think so. You know, many televisions actually come with timers, too, that you can program right. to yeah, our, turn ours off. Ours has that. Uh-huh. I just don't know how to set it. <laughs> Ask a 10-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Now, the so, one thing we do, and, and the, the television is useful for this, our dog Lucy... Uh, 110-pound German Shepherd, deathly afraid of thunder and lightning. Mm -hmm. And she knows a half hour before the storm has come. Mm -hmm. She'll start pacing. And if I turn the TV on, oddly enough, to the weather channel, keep the sound low, Mm -hmm. she settles down. It distracts her. It distracts her, yes. So um, it's almost kind of like like last week how we talked about the mindfulness. Yes. So her anxiety associated with what she's smelling and what she's hearing because their sense of smell and hearing is so much keen. Well, I don't know how she knows about storms, but literally... You could set your clock. And just like the seizures. In a half hour, it'll be there. Just like seizures. Just like um, dogs and seizures. They can detect things that we can't. That we can't. They can smell and hear things that we just can't. Um, So in that case. Why doesn't she hear me say, shut up? um, Yeah. Or (laughs) what's, I think the most interesting thing is how they can definitely hear a chip wrapper, you know, a chip chip thing being opened. Oh my God. If you touch 
the refrigerator door. And she's sound asleep. Yeah, she's right there. Yeah, right exactly. there. You exactly. haven't even opened it yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but they don't. They don't hear "shut up" or "stop." No. no. Um, yeah. No. That it's it's interesting, but but the distraction. So you've distracted her mind to look at something else, to hear something else, and 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 so it's the mindfulness, right? I don't know. The only thing in her mind is food and water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's about it. And I I'm think. sure hugs and kisses. And hugs and yeah, kisses. Yeah, hugs yes. and kisses. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. But she'd probably take a hot dog over hugs and kisses any day. My dog, if you come in our house and she doesn't know you, mm-hmm. would at least threaten to rip you to shreds mm-hmm. and, and might do that mm-hmm. unless you're carrying a turkey dog. Mm-hmm. If you've got a turkey dog in your hand mm-hmm. and every burglar should carry them, pardon me for recommending that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Lucy is flat on her belly, tail wagging, wants that turkey dog mm-hmm. more than life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah she, it's a turkey she, dog. She did you. They say love is unconditional unless you add a turkey dog, right? <laughs> well, she won't eat beef hot dogs. Oh, okay. Only turkey dogs. Very well, discriminating taste. Well, but you have, a Jewish, you have a Jewish dog. Well, you know, she doesn't keep kosher. It's okay. Oh. But turkey dogs, nothing wrong with them anyhow. <laughs> but it is true. One turkey dog, she's yours for life. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. Isn't that great? That That's great. Don't tell the burglars. Yeah. <laughs> Turkey dogs. <laughs> Turkey dogs. Exactly. So, now, what about eating something when you can't go back to sleep? So, you mentioned warm milk. Right. So which warm milk, mama used to give us, right? right? So warm milk is good. Um there are some chamomile teas, as long as they are caffeine-free, that you can that you can indulge in. It's that warmth. It's that coziness inside that, that helps kind of wrap us up and, and puts us to sleep. The worst thing that you can do, though, is go and eat something. You know, go and get a bag of chips or some cookies or, you know, a piece of cake or, or cereal or, or something. Or a turkey dog. Or a turkey dog, you know, because then your body's natural reaction is I've got to burn off these calories. Oh. Just like the worst thing that you can do is eat right before bed. You need that period of time that your body can, can digest if you want to avoid constipation. So I always tell patients, you know, pick pick your meal times. And stick to them as much as possible within an hour or so. So if, you know, a lot of older people will eat earlier in uh, for supper. They will actually eat uh, maybe 4 or That's 5 o'clock. the early bird special. Exactly. Um, and I have actually adjusted my eating times to that, too. My kids love to eat earlier, too. Um, yeah, as soon as we pick them up from school, you know, it's what's for dinner. I'm hungry now. <laughs> so, you know, I always, I always say try to avoid these large meals. And especially at the end of the day. Avoid the large red meat carb, you know, carb loaded meal. If you're going to eat spaghetti and meatballs, eat it for lunch rather than for supper. Story in the New York Times health section the other day said more and more trend is eat it for breakfast. Mm -hmm. Eat that big meal for Mm -hmm. breakfast. And that actually, when they say it's the most important meal of the day, absolutely. You want to get that metabolism kicked into high gear. And yeah, giving it, giving it a good um, solid meal. I love going to restaurants for breakfast and ordering steak and eggs. You know, I will pick that larger meal for my breakfast and then I'll snack throughout the day. I may not have two two more meals. I may have six smaller meals throughout the day, but I will not eat heavy for supper. What do you snack on? So I always keep grapes in the house. <clears throat> of course, this doesn't always apply to every diabetic. You always want to you know, measure out your food. It is. It's a lot of sugar. I keep a lot of celery in the house and peanut butter in the house. Um, I keep... Um, um, apple chips that I have actually made myself um, in the house. I hate to admit this, but I, I love the Trader Joe's flyer that comes out once a month. Mm-hmm. And this last one said, we now have sugar-free, no additive, Honeycrisp chips. Mm. Honeycrisp apples are I fabulous. Those are good. So I bought some. Okay. Uh, and the trouble with it is the old Lay's potato chip bet you can't have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you can't have just one. Exactly, and and, and so, they are fabulous. And and you look at the calorie content. Eight and million. You think, oh my gosh. Eight yeah. million calories. Exactly. But no sugar. No added. sugar. No sugar added. Right, right. But they always add something else. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's what's good though is is that. If you snacked on things throughout the day and, and stuck with protein mainly, um, if you're hungry before supper and before bedtime, you know, I always say the best thing is taking some um, t- 
turkey or roast beef and rolling it up with maybe a piece of string cheese and eating that rather than a sandwich. Um, what's interesting, if you go to the hospital and they give you a, they give a diabetic a bedtime snack, it's a sandwich. That's the worst thing you can do. You don't want to give them a sandwich because no you don't carbs. want to give them the carbs. Exactly. exactly. And wow. it's always white bread rather than wheat bread. So I think that's a whole change that we need to embrace um, as healthcare providers. But I tell patients, eat the protein. Eat maybe um, some celery well, with peanut some butter peanut butter. peanut butter is high in protein, right. Yeah. So eat things like that that are not going to weigh heavily on your belly as and try to digest because the digestion process, it actually speeds up your metabolism a little bit and it actually um, burns calories through heating yourself mm. up. So if you're hot and you're sweaty, you can't sleep right, it's always going to be the right temperature for you to sleep. So those are some things as far as eating. I tell people shut down your liquids after six. Do not drink liquids after six unless you're having to take pills. If you need um, water in the evening, I tell them take one of the little cups, the little, um, remember the little cups that we used to get in daycare? Oh, we have them in our kids' bathroom. Yeah. So in, there's a dispenser, right? right? Or there's little Tupperware ones or plastic ones that you can reuse over and over again. I say take one of those instead of a large glass of ice water because chances are you're going to chug that large glass of ice water. I'd rather you limit your fluids so that you can sleep restfully rather than having to get up multiple times during the night. Of course, if you're a diabetic, sugar maintenance is most important. If you can maintain those sugars, your body is not relaxing and then having to urinate frequently at night. So maintain good sugars, maintain good blood pressure. Exercise. Exercise is, people ask me all the time, should I exercise right before bed because I feel tired right before bed? No. No, you should not. Just like eating, you should give yourself some period where you can actually wind down. Another study in the New York Times this past Sunday. Not exercising is more harmful mm-hmm. to your health than smoking. Absolutely. A new study. Absolutely. Think about, okay, if you that go... That doesn't give you permission to smoke, by the way. No. So think about the the life expectancy of... Um, now, of course, there's always outliers, but if the life expectancy of a person who's a couch potato... Okay, does not get up except to go to the kitchen or go to the bathroom um, and the occasional doctor's appointment. So you think about the sedentary lifestyle versus somebody who who just walks briskly three times a week, even if they just go to Walmart and just walk around Walmart briskly. So think about the muscles. Think about the legs. Think about the definition in their legs, the definition of their arms, just walking. The same can go with the heart. The heart is a muscle. The heart needs to be exercised. Now, it's not one that you're pumping iron, you know, and making it large, but you're getting it to work. And if it's sedentary, it beats, you know, it ends up having to be harder just to be able to push that viscous blood through the system. But you want to get it to where it beats and beats consistently and, and doesn't have a lot of pressure behind it. What's the ideal heart rate? Is there an ideal heart rate? So, no, it's, it's patient dependent. Of course, I always get a little concerned when somebody's heart rate is greater than 90. If that's not normal for them, if they're not on a medication that would make it beat faster than 90. Um, but 90, and, and especially for seniors, you know, I like to see it about 65 to 70. That's about, that's about a good range for a lot of our seniors. Um, when do you need a pacemaker? So, it, it pacemaker is actually going to be dependent upon the disease process in the heart. So it just depends on how the electrical impulses are actually coordinating together and working. Um, are they in sync? Are they not in sync? So if one goes out, the next one will actually step up to the plate and start the, the syncing process. But if both nodes go out, then unfortunately the electrical system kind of suffers and your heart rate can be all over the place. So that's when you would need a pacemaker is to actually stimulate the beat of the heart. To keep the beat going. Mm-hmm. And the beat goes on. Exactly. Right? And the beat goes on. She's Cora Juke, nurse practitioner. I'm Ron Aaron. You're listening to WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. And we are so pleased you were with us. We started off talking about insomnia. And I want to come back to something that's just critical. If you didn't hear it the first time, you're going to hear it again. And that is some of the medications advertised widely on television to help you sleep are not good for anyone, especially seniors and people under 20. That's right. They are on a list of dangerous drugs. And you can Google that list of dangerous drugs. Um, you can get Google Medicare or CMS, um, and they will give you a list of the dangerous drugs out there. There's many of them. There's cardiac drugs. There's um, 
you name it, they're out there. Um, but many of them focus on these um, drugs that, that help with sleep. And we know that, again, they have significant side effects. They have negative, negative side effects that can make people do crazy things that they would never in their world or wildest imagination ever think about doing, like getting in a car and driving without knowing what's going on. You could hurt somebody. So stay away from those drugs. Have that candid conversation if you're on those medications with your PCP and say, hey, listen, I know these are on a list of dangerous drugs. How do I get off of them? There is hope. I know it's scary to think, what am I going to do if I don't have my Ambien? There are alternatives out there, and we can get you a good restful sleep without drugs. Now, Ambien is certainly psychologically addictive. Is it chemically addictive? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Ambien is addictive in every way imaginable for a patient. And it it has, unfortunately, the efficacy over time says that the patient's going to need more. They're going to need so what higher you took doses. Before doesn't work. Exactly. You don't. You, your body becomes acclimated to what you're taking, mm. just like your blood pressure medicine. Or we were talking about your allergies earlier, and how you had to switch from, you know, Claritin, which you had taken for years, to Zyrtec. In fact, uh, I'll share that story very quickly. One of the neat things of being uh, a WellMed patient, and this is not a paid advertisement, but I do consult with WellMed. One of the neat things is you don't have to go stand in line at a dock in the box and wait forever to be seen or go to an emergency room. WellMed has extended hours, weekend and Sunday hours. So I walked into my neighborhood uh, WellMed in uh, Crockett Park on McCullough and uh, was talking with the nurse practitioner there. A- and I was explaining that I've got this terrible cough and congestion and what have you. And she asked me what I thought was just a very innocent question. I said, I, you know, I see on, on your drug list that uh, you take Claritin. I said, oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how long have you been taking it? Mm-hmm. First I said, none of your business. And then she laughed. And I said, probably 10 or 20 years at mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, here's something you may not know. And that's what you were saying, Cora. It doesn't do the same for you after... 10 or 20 years. Yeah, you got to pull the old switcheroo, you know, on your body. You, so I you went have to, to Zyrtec. Yeah. And and I do tell patients, you know, unfortunately, I, I know that people are on a fixed income that are seniors. But I will tell you when it comes, if people ask me what I do, I say I am very regimented about my allergies because I live here in South Texas and I am allergic to everything under the sun. So I go with name brand when it comes to Claritin, Zyrtec, and Allegra between the three, I always go with name brand. And I'll tell you why. There are fillers and additives in every medication that is generic. It has to be done. And they, they make sure to get the main ingredient in there. But it, it, there, there are some variables. There's definitely some variables. And it doesn't work the same. I can tell you I can take a, a name brand Allegra and it will work within 30 minutes or I can take a generic and not have any effect at all. Wow. So unfortunately, I know they're expensive and I don't push one more than another. But I do tell them if you're going to if you're going to spend some money, spend it on your allergy. But medicine. I just bought a bottle of 300 generic Claritin mm-hmm. for like a buck and a half. I mean, it's pretty yeah, inexpensive. So, so let's think about how well that works. <laughs> <laughs> it, apparently it doesn't. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. And and many of these medications actually are come in prescriptive form. So they, you know, patients will have us prescribe, you know, fexafenidine, which is uh, the Allegra, um, cetirizine, which is the Zyrtec. You know, they they ask us to prescribe these, and unfortunately, we prescribe them non as a generic non name brand, and that's what in- insurance covers. So yeah, it's cheap, but it doesn't work. So I can buy Zyrtec over the counter. Name brand. Yes, yes. And and Zyrtec, I, I tell patients, you know, some people take it in the morning, but it does have the tendency to make people sleepy. So if you're having insomnia, why don't you take your Zyrtec in the evening? I take it at night anyhow. There you go. So there you are. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into that. Stick <laughs> with me here. We're talking on WellMed Radio on 930 AM. The Answer, I'm Ron Aaron, along with nurse practitioner Cora Juke. And I w- want to remind you that all of our shows are available on podcast. You can Download them. You can listen to them. You can email them to a friend or neighbor or what have you. And they're also available on uh, on your Apple Mac. You can find them there on uh, their programs. And you can also find them on Android. And I can never remember what that Android yeah. app 
I don't know. And podcast service is. I, know, I don't know. I know there's one called Soundwave or something. I, I have no idea. But the nice part is, whatever the show, you can find it, listen to it, and again, hear it again or share it with a neighbor. WellMed Radio, 930 AM, The Answer. WellMed isn't your ordinary medical group. In fact, 9 out of 10 WellMed patients would recommend WellMed to friends and family. That's what WellMed patients in Texas and Florida said in a 2017 Press Ganey survey. Maybe we rate so highly because we have a better approach to health. WellMed doctors specialize in keeping people on Medicare healthy. We help you feel your best so you can live your best life. Maybe it's because we give you an entire medical team dedicated to looking out for you. Maybe it's the way we treat you with respect, spend extra time with you, or how we really listen. The Medicare annual enrollment period is October 15th to December 7th. Get the care you deserve. Pick a plan that opens the door to WellMed. Discover the WellMed difference at wellmedfindadoctor.com. That's wellmedfindadoctor.com. You're listening to WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, nurse practitioner, Cora Juke, and we began talking about a problem that millions of people struggle with called insomnia. For some people, it's every night, but Cora, for others, it's sporadic. Yeah, you know, it really just depends on what's going on in their lives. Um, some people, it, it, it is affected by stress. Um, it could be medications. Um, you know, just it's event-based for some. And and so we talk about how to get through that um, deep breathing. I, we talked about some of the mindfulness apps. You know, so many of our seniors now have iPhones, and, and they're very technology savvy. And so they And that are, knocks down that stereotype, by the way, that uh, seniors don't know anything about oh, it. Oh, man. I, you know, it's funny because you say ask a 10-year-old, well, I had a patient. Uh, I couldn't do something on my phone, and my patient actually figured it out for me. And, you know, he's 72. So I... You know, I believe these seniors are very knowledgeable. They have time to look at things and research things. And, and Consumer Reports is really that, that 65 and older group who are actually going to, you know, talk about surveys and participate. But we, we talk about things that they can do in mindfulness apps. And, and a lot of them will listen and then they'll, they'll take the advice and use bits and pieces. For those patients, though, that suffer from chronic anxiety or, I'm sorry, chronic insomnia, which brings on anxiety. Right, right. We have to take a completely different approach with them. You know, we have to, it, it's like a, a building up therapy. And I always start most conservative. There, there's, a, there's a term that we use or a, a saying that we use in medicine, and it's start low and go slow, no matter the age group for patients. You know, I, I really don't believe in prescribing a maximum dose, even though I think that that's eventually where we're going to be. I really like to start at the lowest dose. So I, I would think about the melatonin, and then we start to build on other therapies along the way. But we talk about sleep hygiene. And a lot of people will sit there and they'll shake their head at me and they'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know that they're still watching the, t- the night show, you know, the late show. And they're the ones that are complaining of not sleeping. So if you're, if you're sleeping and you're watching the late show, great. If that's part of your normal repertoire, great. But if you're not sleeping, then we need to figure out how we can cut some of these things back. And periodic insomnia, treat it the same way as not necessarily. You know, we, we can treat with medications like melatonin. I always tell patients, keep melatonin in your, in your you know, cupboard or your medicine cabinet and, and make it available whenever you need it. Um, but we, when, when it's periodic insomnia or episodic insomnia, I like to talk about the underlying causes, the root cause. What is it? Um, has it been getting worse? Is it getting better? Is there something that made it worse? Are you thinking about something? Do you have support at home? Those are the kind of things that I look for underlying causes. Um, but then the chronic insomnia, of course, you're always searching for the underlying cause. And one of them being, like we talked about, sleep apnea. You know, that's a, that's a huge underlying cause of, of insomnia for people. One of the things I do is uh, turn my phone off at night because mm-hmm. I get a little ding whenever I get a message, whenever mm-hmm. I get a, you know, alert, what have you, mm-hmm. uh, and it's hard to ignore that. It is. It is. So and you end up looking at your phone, which you shouldn't be doing if you're trying to mm-hmm. sleep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and so, you know, turning the technology off, going off the grid long enough for you to sleep. Now, one thing that we have not addressed, and I know this is probably a lot of seniors are probably listening to the show saying, well, she never told us. So what is the appropriate amount of hours to sleep? I say 
the the best sleep occurs in the first four hours. So you get four hours of sleep and your body can participate for the next 20 hours. So running on four gallons of gas to go 20 miles down the road, that's, that is appropriate for huh. you. So, Which is half of what we all think is required. Absolutely, because we've been told. Eight hours of sleep a day, but that's a myth. Just like the, you know, eight glasses of water a day. Who really says that? That's that's not the appropriate amount of water. It's all dependent upon the patient. I and, drank 10 glasses active, a day. Their activity. Okay, great. Then you're probably not constipated. No, and I pee 24-7. There you go. There you go. <laughs> not that people needed to know that. <laughs> no, but we know your kidneys are working. Your now, doctor wants to hear now that. Now, I know pediatricians will say for kids, 10 to 12 hours of sleep. Now, kids are growing. Remember, they still have the melatonin gland that's constantly secreting, so they're growing. Now, if you don't want your kids to grow, I guess you can bind them like they do in you know China with the feet, and you can just uh, make them stay up, and, and kids will get stunted. That's why they try, try to give no caffeine to children, because it affects their sleep. Not good. Ours generally sleep 10 hours a night. And that's without Benadryl. Because Without Benadryl. <laughs> yeah, we keep on a schedule. They go to bed uh, eight, eight and they generally are asleep by 8.30. We are creatures of habit as humans. And if we continue with the same patterns, right. we will do the same. And we keep them on that schedule. Perfect. It hey, works for is, adults too. This has been fascinating. Yeah. If you know someone struggling with insomnia, uh, get this podcast for them because it can be very beneficial. And for sure, talk to your primary care physician, your nurse practitioner, and figure out what is going on. Because insomnia is not a natural occurrence, right? That's correct. That's correct. There's usually something wrong. Cool. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And thanks for listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our nurse practitioner, Cora Juke. You hear us at 930 a.m. The Answer, Sundays at 5 p.m. You've been enjoying WellMed Radio, an exclusive presentation of WellMed Medical Management. Join us next week for more on your health and well-being. For more information on WellMed or to hear this broadcast again, go to wellmedmedicalgroup.com. We'll see you next week on WellMed Radio.